This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance. Good to be with you in the car, on a jog, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And today I want to talk about the always popular and fun subject of COVID and churches. So I don't know if you've been checking the news recently, but it looks like we have some news happening in the COVID front again. The new Delta variant has arrived in recent days. I'm recording this uh, toward the end of July of 2021. We have the CDC giving some fresh guidance out for high-risk areas, and we again have parents and kids and questions and all sorts of things coming to us. And here at Cornerstone, we actually had our own kind of COVID Delta variant experience in our kids camp recently. We had uh, hosted at Hidden Acres and we had a number of cases that had been reported after the kids camp among both kids, counselors, and also we had four of our staff members who were either speaking or helping run the camp who were at Hidden Acres, all of whom contracted uh, COVID as well and came home with it and then uh, joyfully spread that to their families. And so we've had some experience in recent days with that. Now, thankfully, praise God, all of our staff members, all the kids are all recovering, doing really well now. Um, but there was definitely a difference. For instance, in our staff members who went, we had a couple who were all the way through their vaccination cycle. They had relatively mild uh, COVID reactions. And from their awareness, weren't didn't spread it to anybody else. However, among those who hadn't been vaccinated yet, they did have a much stronger um case of COVID and tended to spread it to more people too. So I don't know if that is a true nationwide, but it seems anecdotally to confirm what we've heard about the vaccination process that it won't guarantee you don't get COVID, but it certainly will keep you out of the hospital and lower your risk of spreading to others pretty significantly. So all of this leads me to kind of step back and say, all right, I just want to Make sure we communicate clearly and kindly as we head into this fall. What we're planning to do is we're looking forward, you know, cautiously saying again, as the Lord wills, we want to roll forward. But here's kind of the big theme. If you want a spoiler alert, at the end of this time, here's what I'm going to say. We uh, intend to continue steady and slow forward and just to continue to be wise. We talked in the past about the dimmer switch coming back on. Well, at Cornerstone, the lights are largely back on and we intend to keep them back on. So there's your spoiler alert. That's where we're going. But I want to talk to you just a little bit about the process again that we go through to arrive at that conclusion. And so what I first want to do is just spend a little bit of time of trying to understand the where we are at in regard to COVID um, right now. And I'm going to introduce a really important principle that I think needs to inform our decision-making as a church, and I think it might be helpful to you as an individual. I'm calling that the now and then principle. So what I mean is this. We're using the same word, COVID, and that word is associated with a whole set of practices that we've gotten used to doing, wearing masks, social distancing, all that. But that was COVID then, 
The question really has to do with what is the risk of COVID now? And at times, those two things are different. And so we shouldn't always apply the thinking that worked then in the past to the situation that presents itself now in the present. Our job is to ask the question, what's the wise decision now based on what we know now? So you got to apply the now and then principle to keep clear in decision-making. So what are, what I want to ask are, what are some of the unchanging principles that should apply to how we think through decisions as a church or as a family on what we do with COVID? But then I want to step back and go, okay, now based on what we know using the now and then principle, what updated information might cause us to take different actions in the present, even though we use the same principles that we have abided by in the past? So, Okay, let's let's step back first. Let's talk about the principles that I think are unchanging um, in all of this. Principle number one is the principle of wisdom and liberty. So what that means is we always want in life to embody wisdom, but in areas where the Bible doesn't dictate you have to do this, you have to do that, we want to approach others around us with kindness, charity, and liberty. In the essentials of the faith, we need unity. But in areas like how exactly would a family navigate a risk tolerance, the the Bible doesn't speak directly to that. And so therefore, we give one another Christian charity and liberty. We believe the best. We fill in the gaps with trust. Now, the second principle our elders have tried to use the whole time is uh, the principle of submission to governing authorities. In particular, we look to our state and local health officials. So if you want to boil it down to it, what does the governor of the state of Iowa say to us? What is she asking? And so we're trying to pay attention. We're trying to steadily operate in submission to governing authorities. So long as what they ask us to do in a pandemic time is neutral, generally applicable, and doesn't discriminate at all or limit at all our, our speech of the gospel, we're willing to be good participants in a community. So that one is submission to governing authority. Third principle is we've tried to communicate with clarity throughout this. Sometimes it's the absence of information not the information you have that really upsets people. And so while not all decisions our elders have made might have been something that you personally or people you love would have done in our situation, we think people have responded really well just because in general, we tried to communicate well and tried to be honest throughout. And then the final principle is this. I, I, I just call it gospel optimism. Um, Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth. He has said, go and make disciples. And he His word is powerful and it's not limited by a pandemic. And we have faith in Jesus that gives us optimism. We've seen numbers of people come to faith in the COVID time who first heard about Cornerstone, tuned in online, and now have become part of our local church family and are worshiping with us because the good news of Jesus went out through an internet live stream. And so we have optimism in the gospel and we have optimism looking forward for better days in our local community. We're, we're choosing to see the glass half full, not just be cynical in our approach to life. Those principles have kind of grounded us throughout this time of the COVID uncertainty at Cornerstone. And so the principles don't change. Principles now and then have remained the same. But I do think there's some significant factors that have changed about our local situation, our local scenarios that influence the sort of decisions we might make now and then. So let's talk a little bit about what's different from then 
to now. So if we look back, go back a year plus into the past, here's what we were looking at when we were making decisions as a church. We had an unknown virus without a known track record, without any long-term studies, with no treatments that we knew that were widely available and highly effective, and there was no vaccination or any other medical intervention that could stop its spread. It was infectious, it was contagious, it had spread from China to basically everywhere in the world at that point. So, it was an unknown virus that was spreading quickly. We had additionally a serious chance of hospitals being overtaxed and overrun in many areas of the world. And even in our country, there was some genuine fear about that. At the peak of it, last summer in Iowa, we had, or pardon me, last fall in Iowa, we had nearly 1,500 people hospitalized due to COVID. That's That was a serious deal for us. But then additionally back then, the governor of the state of Iowa had issued an emergency declaration and had urged the use of masks, social distancing, anything we could do as Iowans to be responsible and to slow the spread of COVID. That was then in our response. And that kind of triggered us to say, okay, we're, we will you know limit our meetings. We'll try to open wisely, all those sorts of things. That was then. Okay, so now let's talk about now. Now, the situation is significantly different in some key ways. The first has to do with known and unknown variables, okay? So let's just talk about a few things that we know about COVID and about what's happened in the state of Iowa particularly. Okay, so first off, COVID is a uh, disease It's an illness that particularly is hard on older adults or those who have underlying conditions that make them at a higher risk. So if we simply looked in the state of Iowa, we have sadly had over 6,000 individuals who've died with COVID-19. All this data is reported on the state of Iowa coronavirus database website, coronavirus.iowa.gov. Now, 82% of those who died were 60 or older, 60 or older, 58% of that, of all who died of COVID in the state of Iowa were over the age of 80. Okay, if you turn that around, that kind of add that together, it means of the around 6,000 deaths in the state of Iowa due to COVID, 4,800 of those individuals were 60 or over. So now the question should become, how many of them were younger? So under the age of 30, we've had a total of 18 deaths due to COVID, one eight. If you go under the age of 20, that number goes to three from the data that I can get access to from the state. So there have been three total COVID deaths in those who would be high school age or younger in the state compared to 4,800 COVID deaths in those 60 or over. So here's what we do know. We may not know everything about COVID. We know that if you are older, if you have a compromised immune system, if you're obese, those significant risk factors put you at a far greater risk of being hospitalized due to COVID or ultimately dying due to COVID. And here's another thing that we do know. We we now have better understandings of what we can do to treat and what we can do to vaccinate for COVID. So treatments, we understand better how to care for people. We know 
putting people quickly onto a ventilator is not the best step. And so there are better approaches in the hospital for how to treat COVID. But the most significant, clearly, medical advance here has been the advance of vaccination. So just here's a couple of stats. I am not advocating for how you should make this decision. I'm just going to give you the information of what we have. If you look at the Des Moines area hospitals that have been treated COVID since mid-March of 2021, when the vaccination was fully available to the older and at-risk population, only 7% of people who've gone into the hospital with COVID have been vaccinated. 93, so 90 plus percent of the people who are hospitalized for COVID were unvaccinated individuals. And of those who were vaccinated, those who were hospitalized for COVID were all over the age of 60 and had an already compromised immune system before they came into the hospital. Okay, here's another kind of example. State of Texas has had about 10,000 people who've died uh, this year of COVID. Of those, 99% of them were unvaccinated individuals. So, Whatever else the vaccine does in the long term, we can't entirely predict. What we do know is if you have been vaccinated and you were in an age group, one of those older age groups, it significantly reduces the risk of hospitalization and death due to COVID. Now, within that, let's just take a look then at where we are at Today, So if you go back then, we were at 0% vaccination in the past because there were no vaccines, there were no treatments. Today, the stat you'll see kind of widely reported is 46% of Iowa's um, population has been vaccinated. But I think that stat taking in isolation needs a little bit of context because what you really need to ask is if we know that the risk of COVID for those under 30 is very, very, very low, The question we should really ask, even more importantly, if we're thinking about hospitalization and death, is what percentage of those who are most vulnerable to a really bad infection have been vaccinated? Well, in Iowa, of those who are 65 and older, 81% of them have been fully vaccinated already and a number in process. So you see, 46% of the general population But that means 80 plus percent of the most vulnerable population have been vaccinated. And to be frank, many who have not been vaccinated have made a conscientious personal choice to remain unvaccinated. They chose that path. All right. So that's a very different scenario than today. We have a vaccine that is you could walk into Walmart and get it if you're a person who's eligible. It's it's there. Additionally, While we looked at the peak of 1,500 cases in the past today, locally, we have very, very little COVID in our hospital. And our hospitals statewide, though we've seen an uptick, still are below 150 cases of COVID hospitalized. Additionally, we look at the factor of state and local health officials, and our governor is not calling for any new or unique strong steps of mitigation. Okay, so... Step back from it. That's all the epidemiology I want to do for today. What does that mean for how we make decisions for Cornerstone Church now? So again, the principle, the now and then principle. I think this is true for churches. I think it's true for people. Don't make the mistake of assuming everything you should have done in the past is equal to everything that you should do now in the present. The scenario is changing in some significant ways, especially regarding the risk to individuals and to communities of COVID infections. So as we talk about steps forward, I want to be 
rightly circumspect here because as a pastor, I don't have universal authority to command people. Like your pastor does not hold an authority to tell you what he feels like you should do. Authority pastorally is bounded by that which scripture commands. My job as a pastor is to call people to holiness as Jesus defines it in his word. My word is not authoritative unless it is based on the word of Christ. And so I have very limited responsibilities in the area of what you want to do to vaccinate or not vaccinate, to wear a mask or not. That's not my question is not what you should do individually. I will present some wisdom as a friend, some thoughts as a friend that I'd want you to consider in that regard. But first, I want to address my responsibilities as an elder and a pastor alongside the other elders of Cornerstone. We have a responsibility, firstly, to what we do when we gather, the public functions of the church. And in this case, unless we are asked to modify our gathering process by government authorities at the state or local level, we're going to continue to gather as we normally would do. Here's what we ask you to do to help us to be wise. If you are aware that you've been exposed to COVID or you are sick, we would like you to just stay home. I feel like that should honestly be common sense already. You know, like if you were throwing up actively, don't go to church. That that feels like a normal thing because while we want to share with one another in the body of Christ, we don't need to share uh, profound stomach-based illnesses. So if you feel sick or you know you've been exposed to COVID and you're starting to run a temperature, why don't you just stay home and watch online on the live stream? And I do want you to know the live stream is going to continue to be available at a high quality format because we do have individuals in our church who are at a very, very high risk. I think of a family whose son is right now in need of an organ transplant. That child's immune system is severely compromised. And so we, are, we love to love that family by having a great online live streaming option for them. And if you're in that case, use wisdom and discretion and stay home. But for the rest of us, if you're otherwise healthy, you haven't been exposed to COVID, I think we should be gathered in church together and continuing to worship. That's, so that's the responsibility for our gatherings. Second responsibility I have as a pastor is to call you to obey Christ. The Bible does not give you a command about whether you should or should not vaccinate. The Bible doesn't say that. This is an area where Christians have liberty and should operate in wisdom. But the Bible does command us to honor those who are in positions of governing authority. Okay, so at the very least, the Bible says you can't get on Facebook and mock Anthony Fauci, no matter if you dislike his stuff. That's not a Christian way to behave, and we are Christians. So Christian standards dictated by Scripture govern our conduct in all areas. The Bible does demand that we're people who, it says the servant of the Lord in 2 Timothy, must not quarrel but must be gentle with all. The Bible does call us to live at peace insofar as we're able to live at peace with all men, to pray for governing officials so that we could live a quiet and godly life. So what exactly you do in response to the Delta variant, I don't know that the Bible tells you you have to do this or that. It does talk to you about the posture and tone that you use and how you approach anything. And in that, We always need to let scripture, not just the conduct of the culture, dictate our practices. So that's about as far as my pastoral authority here uh, is supposed to go. But I want to talk just briefly a few thoughts as a friend. Like if I were just a friend with you 
Or maybe imagine I'm like, I'm like a son coming to a father, you know, a brother coming to a brother. And I'm not coming to you now as a spiritual authority. I'm coming to you as Mark, the person who loves you and loves Jesus. I think I would give kind of four, I don't know, words of wisdom or maybe particular thoughts. The first is this. If you are over the age of 65, if you have strong risk factors for a very strong reaction to COVID, I could just say, watching the Delta variant at work, um, you don't want to get COVID if you can avoid it. And I would urge you to strongly consider being vaccinated. Just think about it. I'm not telling you God commands you. I'm just saying we know that the people who are being hospitalized right now are older and unvaccinated. That's the vast, vast majority of what's happening. And so you need to be aware of that. And I plead with you and just urge you a little bit because I had one of those really annoyingly long, terrible cases of COVID. I was sick for months. You don't want this if you can avoid it, especially if you're older. I It was terribly hard on me and I was running 10 plus miles a week, eating healthy and at great physical shape. If you were otherwise sick, older or infirm, this would be a really bad deal. And if you could avoid it by being vaccinated, I think you should prayerfully consider doing that. Think about that as a friend to a friend. Second thing, if you have a position of leadership in an organization, here's what I want to urge you. Keep the bigger picture of community health in mind right now. We are beginning to see horrible effects of human isolation and mental health for people. We have already seen horrible effects in learning rates for kids, particularly kids who come from poverty-impacted families. They, they were crushed academically due to COVID. We need right now to have leaders who take the gutsy stance to evaluate COVID now versus COVID then and to keep life as open as possible. We have to learn how to live with the virus. It's an unrealistic thing to think we will avoid COVID in communities. We have to learn how to live with it like we live with the flu, like we live with the cold. Now that we have the medical intervention of a vaccination to help our vulnerable populations, we have a way to move forward. And I want to urge you, keep thinking that way. Okay, thirdly, let's talk about kids and families. This is going to come up with school. It's going to come up with all that sort of stuff. What are we supposed to do there? How do we do with kids and school and playdates and friends and all that? Well, I want you to think about this, okay? I want you to think about the risks of COVID now in comparison to the flu. So we have data now. And to date, out of the more than 74 million children in the United States, there have been around 490 COVID deaths, a few thousand serious illnesses. Um, The hospitalization numbers will look higher than that because anyone going into a hospital is going to be tested for COVID. And so you're certainly going to get more COVID numbers as well. But the point that I'm making is those numbers are largely comparable if you were to look at them to kind of a general flu in children. In fact, um, NPR in May of 2021, before all of this stuff was rolled out, Richard Harris, their reporter on health and bioethics, all those sorts of things on NPR, said this, um, there's an extremely small risk. The virus can pass to an unvaccinated child and that that child has an extremely small risk of getting seriously ill, especially if their parents have been vaccinated. And so in this case, many times 
the risk of serious consequence for COVID is about the same risk as a child would face from a flu season. And so that, that's now what we know. Again, COVID then, children were involved in spreading COVID through communities that were totally vulnerable to COVID. That is not the case now that we are in a community with choice of vaccination. And so as you look at how you're going to behave as a family, what you do with your kids, I just would urge kids and families, I think you want to healthily keep involved in life. It's good for kids to be in school learning. It's good for kids to be around their friends as freely as they can. And at this point, um, I wouldn't want my kids to get COVID, but I wouldn't be any more afraid of it than a severe flu. That's, that's the way I would approach it. And parents, I just want to step back and say, take the big picture in mind here of your kids, their social, mental, emotional well-being, and keep them in church. Keep them around their friends. Keep moving forward. Okay, fourth. So I've talked about elderly and at risk, those in leadership, kids and families. How about for all of us? Take a deep breath right now. Deep breath. Don't obsessively read Delta variant coverage today. Okay? We're in a better position now than we were in then in the United States, and we should thank God for that. We're going to get through this. The dimmer switch has turned the lights back on at Cornerstone and back on in a lot of society. And even though this might be a hiccup in some ways, we're going to keep the lights pretty fully on here at Cornerstone, Lord willing, and we're going to keep moving slowly and steadily and cautiously and wisely and lovingly and kindly forward. Take a deep breath. We're going to be okay. All right. The news headlines of a new variant of COVID, I understand why they churn up anxiety and fear, but take heart. There's a bigger life and life eternal that we're focused on, and I think we've learned a lot about how to live with this together and how to flourish still as people. So keep trucking on, guys. Stay slow and steady. Stay wise. Keep moving forward, and hopefully just a few pieces of counsel today will be helpful for you as we all just try to live wisely and faithfully together and we walk forward in this season at Cornerstone. Love y'all. Thanks for taking the time to tune into the Equip Podcast.